Welcome back to the Wild Child Kitchen Gardening Podcast. I'm your host, Kelly Johnson, and today we're talking about transitioning from a spring to a summer garden. If you're anything like me, you are getting so excited about picking all of your tomatoes, peppers, and cucumbers, but I'm over here telling you to get ready for summer. How do we do that? I'm going to teach you today, and you're going to love it. Let's dig in. Welcome back to the podcast. This is episode 27, and today we're talking about transitioning from a spring to a summer garden. Now, you might be just starting to pick your tomatoes, your cucumbers, your peppers, and you might be thinking to yourself, why are we already talking about taking them out? Well, it's because if you're listening to this episode as it is airing, it's almost June. There is a huge difference from a June garden that is at the beginning of the month and the June garden at the end of the month. You're going to see that and I want you to be prepared. I want you to know what to do next. This is how I coach the gardeners inside of my program, the Wild Child Garden Club, to grow 52 weeks a year. And if you're a Zone 9 gardener, you can be doing the same thing. Get all the information about growing with us at releaseyourinnerwildchild.com forward slash classes. And if you're ready to dig in right now, join us inside the Garden Club. I'm going to teach you a little bit today of what I share inside of my program, the Wild Child Garden Club, because I want you to see how we grow. This is a beautiful way of gardening. There's always something to pick. There's always something to plant. And we're always planning what we're going to grow next. I want you to see that today. And we're going to walk through step by step. But what I want you to think about from the beginning is your soil. I want you to think about your soil and let it be at the forefront of every single thing you do and every decision you make. Today, we're going to talk about how we prepare our soil, the pace that we go as we begin to transition what we need to do to keep our soil in tip-top shape, and we're going to talk about a couple of things that you may hear about in the garden world and in the gardening online space, and I'm going to help you see what you actually need to do and what really you don't have to do if you don't want to because at the end of the day, guys, this is your garden. I want you to see it as your garden. I want you to feel like a gardener. Your confidence should grow this month so much. We say inside of the Wild Child Garden Club that we're a little bit of Martha Stewart and a whole lot of Snoop Dogg. And that means that we want to love on our garden and nurture our garden and tend our garden. We want to make our garden beautiful and have healthy, happy plants. But at the same time, we know when The garden has had enough, and we're not afraid to go in and snoop everything out of there, like we call it inside of the garden club. We snoop it and replace it with something else. I'm going to walk you through all of that today, and I think you're actually going to be very inspired. So let's get started by talking first about our soil. I want to tell you what not to do, and I want to encourage you to listen to me above anything else you're going to hear on the podcast today. This is a non-negotiable if you want to grow a garden that continues to just get better over time. What you're going to see everybody else do is dig out all of their plants 
and start over again. This is what you're going to see. You're going to see lots of digging up, lots of tilling, and lots of bare ground. No, no, no. In the Wild Child Garden Club, we don't touch our soil. We practice no-till gardening, and that means that we never come in and disrupt that soil ecosystem that we work so hard to create all season long. No, we don't touch it. In fact, we don't even dig up our plants. We cut these plants off at the soil level, and that allows the microbes to continue to feast on the roots while we're letting our new plants grow and get big. This is the wild child way. So I don't want you rushing out, digging up all of your plants, taking the roots with you, which is all the good stuff that your microbes need to thrive, and then tilling up all of their soil to where it's like a hurricane has come through their little town. They will be very discombobulated and it will take them a long time to get back up and running again. Instead, if you just cut your plants off at the soil level, they continue on business as usual, which means that your garden continues to grow. So instead, I want you to leave everything in place. Don't touch your soil. Cut your plants off at the soil level. And instead of tilling everything, add organic matter. When we add organic matter to our soil, we're just giving our microbes more and more and more to eat. More to do, more to break down, more to turn into nutrients for our plants that are on their way. Instead of disrupting the ecosystem, just add to it and they will reward you back tenfold, I promise. So what you're going to do is you're going to add grass clippings from your yard. You're going to add shredded leaves. Put them in very thin layers on top of your soil, just right on top, and then cover with a fresh layer of compost. Y'all, compost is the unsung hero of the garden. If you don't do anything else to your garden this summer, add compost, would you? This is why in the summer, we have this very unique opportunity to really build our soil at a pace that we don't see any other time of year. That's because it's so hot. So what you get with a lot of heat is a lot of microbial activity. But then add on top of that, the fact that we're having to water a lot because it's so hot and that helps the decomposition process move even faster. So you get this window of opportunity to really build your soil. So I want you to take advantage of it. And you don't take advantage of it by digging your plants up and tilling your soil. That's not the way to do it. Instead, cut them off at the ground level, add grass clippings, then shredded leaves, then a nice fresh layer of compost. You'll be amazed because when you go to plant your fall plants, there will be no grass clippings or leaves left if you've got soil that has a decent microbial population. Do this as a little check. Go back in the fall, dig around a little bit. I promise you, you're not going to see any grass clippings or leaves. They're all going to be gone. 
Now you might be thinking, do I have to take everything out of my beds in order to do this? And in some instances, you may even have things that you want to leave behind. Like for instance, your peppers, your eggplant, those guys are going to keep on trucking. So are your cherry tomatoes. They don't need to be taken out for the summer season. It's your cucumbers, your slicing tomatoes, your squash and zucchini. They could end up being very, very tired and you'll want to get them out and at the very least, just get some fresh plants in. So you don't have to necessarily wipe out the whole bed. If you choose to do that, it does make things easy to go in and add your grass clippings, add your leaves, and add your fresh layer of compost. But even if you're not wiping out the whole bed, just go at the pace in which things start to tire out. Your plants are going to let you know. Your cucumbers are going to stop producing. You're slicing tomatoes. You're going to look out in in your garden and you're going to notice there's not a single tomato left on the plant. Do you know why? It's because when temperatures reach 90 degrees, tomatoes stop setting fruit. So you're going to go out there in the end of June and you're going to look and there's not going to be any tomatoes. You're going to have picked all of the ones that were already there And you're not going to get any more off of that plant simply because it's too hot. Now you have one of two choices here. First, you can leave your plant, you can nurture it and continue watering it, continue feeding it throughout the summer, and it will come back. And in a lot of cases, you may want to do that. But let's say your plant has a lot of blight or it's been a pest magnet from day one. Maybe it wasn't your favorite variety of tomato and you're not interested in getting any more of them. In that case, you'll want to take it out. So when you do that, you're going to add a little bit of grass clippings, a little bit of leaves, fresh compost, and continue on. This is not a race as much as it is just a natural progression of the seasons. You've heard me talk about this time and time again. I love to live seasonally. And I believe that when we do that, what we find is that everything becomes so much more valuable to us. Seeing that last tomato on the vine and knowing that you're not going to be purchasing cardboard tasting tomatoes from the store all winter really gives you an appreciation for what you have grown in that season. It also gets you really excited for what you might can grow next. So as things tire out, replace them. As you harvest the last of your potatoes, turn those grow bags into containers for melons. When your beans start to peter out after that third harvest and you're just really not getting enough beans to do anything with, they're starting to get some disease, they're drying out on the vine before you get out there to pick them, go ahead and take them out. Thank them for all that they have given you this season and look forward to a second succession of them in the fall. Maybe instead replace them with okra. Always remembering this, guys, you're going to want to replace your plants earlier than you want to. No matter what, when you take out those plants, they're probably going to still have fruit on the vine. They're most definitely going to have flowers for you. And it's never going to be easy. That's also the beauty of living seasonally because we see the end of some seasons give way to the beginning of new seasons. And this is true in the garden and in our lives. When one door closes, another door opens. And the faster we start to embrace the changing of the seasons of our life, 
the more full our life will become. So always remember that it's going to be hard to take out these plants. Now, do I ever take out an overproducing plant that I'm harvesting from every day? Absolutely not. But your plant is going to let you know when it's met the end of its life cycle. It's going to let you know when it's not going to continue overproducing for you, when it's reached its peak. You're going to know that, and then you know that it's time to replace it with something else. Are you super excited and inspired about the possibilities for summer? Don't plant a single thing until you've watched my free and brand new Summer Gardening Masterclass. In this class, I'm going to show you exactly what to grow, how to grow it, and you are going to have a summer garden that thrives. You can get all the details of this Summer Gardening Masterclass at releaseyourinnerwildchild.com forward slash summer. I can't wait to see all that you grow. Okay, so you are going to watch your garden. You're going to love picking all these tomatoes, cucumbers, squash, and zucchini. But when they start to tire out, you are going to be prepared to replace. And remember, it doesn't have to be done all at once. Slow and steady wins the race here. It's actually more fun if you just do a little at a time. This garden is not a destination, it's a journey. And remember, what you're taking out is tired and what you're putting in is fresh and full of life and going to thrive in the summer heat with very little attention from you. That's the goal of the Wild Child Summer Garden. Now, I know I sound like a broken record here, but you've got to know what's going on in your soil before you can expect your plants to perform for you for a whole nother season, a whole nother round, right? You have had plants in the ground for the last three to four months. Any nutrients that you have applied at the beginning of spring are long gone. So how do you know what to do to set your garden up for success for the summer? You've got to test and then amend your soil accordingly. Soil testing is a must, especially at this time of the season, because remember, our microbes are building, the population is growing, and they're doing a lot of the work for us. We can't possibly know what nutrients are left behind and what are all used up. We can take a guess that there's probably not going to be any nitrogen left, but it's a guess. And in order to know what our plants need, we need to do a soil test. Now, you can do that by sending off your soil samples to your local extension agency or you can just purchase a home test kit off of the internet they have some really good ones on amazon just grab a test kit and do it yourself you will find that it's much much easier and the results are instant so test your soil figure out where is your ph What's going on with your nitrogen, your phosphorus, your potassium? What do you need to add? And what is still readily available for the next round of plants? When you get your results in and you're reading and you're going through the results from your test kit, whether you sent them off or you did them in your yard yourself, you really need to know what you're looking at. You need to know what pH am I going for? You need to know, do I need potassium or do I not need potassium? These are all things that I teach you inside of the Wild Child Kitchen Garden Academy. And I just want to put this out there. Our summer academy starts 
in just a couple of days. We start on June 5th. It's not too late for you to jump in, get a head start, and you will get live weekly coaching every single week for eight weeks while you grow your garden. We start at the very beginning, choosing a space for your garden. Then I teach you how to build your soil, how to get a garden plan that you love, how to plant, what about pests, feeding, watering. I teach you everything you need to know inside of this academy. And we are about to start. So if you're interested, if you feel like this is something you really want to do, but you're not sure where to start, or if you really just want a community to grow in, come and join us in the academy. It will be the best investment you make in your garden all season long. When you get these soil test results and you're looking at them and you're trying to figure out what you need to do, you don't always need to do anything. That's actually a great little check for how your garden is performing. You may actually discover that your garden is doing a lot better than you thought it was. You may actually just need to replace your nitrogen and you're good to go for the season. But a soil test is how you figure this out and I cannot recommend one enough. So make sure you test your soil before you jump in to adding your grass clippings and your leaves and your compost. A soil test is a must. One other thing that I want you to consider for the summer season is crop rotation. Now you've probably heard this all over the internet. People talk a lot about crop rotation and in a backyard garden, crop rotation is really not that beneficial. Most of the pests that we deal with inside of a backyard garden fly in. So whether or not you have your squash in bed two or bed four, those squash vine borers are gonna be hunting it down. So they're gonna find it, right? The issue for me with crop rotation is we're still dealing with the same pest as we were when we planted for the spring. And we're going to deal with these pests all the way up until our vegetables change for fall. But if I'm growing the same vegetable and I'm starting over again in the same season, I'm going to rotate my crops. So if I was growing my cucumbers in bed three, I might move them over to bed six for the summer season. That just takes out the possibility that any pest or disease that's already kind of hanging about in my soil won't have the red carpet rolled out for them. If you plant your plants in the same exact spot over and over and over again, that's kind of what you're doing. You're rolling out the red carpet for them. So consider rotating your crops. This is the only time of year that it really concerns me. And I don't really ever rotate any other season. But from spring to summer, I do rotate because I feel like it is that important. Finally, I want you to document this whole thing. I want you to write down what plants you're taking out, what plants you're putting in. I want you to see what you're doing. Here's why. Because you're wanting to choose plants that are going to be producing and ready to come out by the time you're ready to plant your fall vegetables. Now again, if this freaks you out a little bit, join us in the Kitchen Garden Academy. I'm going to walk you through every single step of this. But if you feel like you kind of have a handle on it, you just needed somebody to kind of give you a kick in the rear, that's what I'm wanting to do right now. 
remember that we're going to plant our fall vegetables in September. So we want plants that are going to be in and out by then. We don't want to choose 100-day varieties or even really 90-day varieties. We're looking for short, fast, overproducing vegetables here. And so I want you to document that. I want you to write down, hey, I'm doing these cucumbers and they are 60-day cucumbers and I'm doing these tomatoes and they're 60-day tomatoes. I want you to see what you're actually growing so that you know, hey, look, this one is going to be a little bit later into September, but it's okay because it's on a trellis and nothing that I'm planting in September is going to need a trellis. So see, I'm good. I want you to have all of this documented so that you can remember it for next year. A garden journal is a fantastic investment into your garden and one that I really do think you will use over and over and over again. And the more you use one, the more you really do see your need for it. So grab a garden journal, even if it's just a composition notebook, and document this whole process for next year. So if you decide that you're going to grow a summer garden this season, I want you to remember a few things. First, you're not going to dig up all of your plants and till your soil. That's the worst thing that you can do. Instead, you're going to cut your plants off at the soil line, and you're going to just replace them as needed. Remember, slow and steady wins the race. As things tire out, replace them with fresh new plants. You're going to always test your soil this season because it's so important to know where you stand if you're going to ask a whole new round of vegetables to perform for you. And you're going to rotate. You're not going to plant these plants in the same spot that you had them in simply because you want to make sure that you're not rolling out the red carpet for pests. And finally, you're going to document every single step of the way. And I believe when you do this, you are going to be so happy with how your garden turns out this summer. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of the Wild Child Kitchen Gardening Podcast, the podcast for Zone 9 gardeners who want to grow their garden 52 weeks a year and enjoy the beauty of living in season. Now, if you want more information about anything we've talked about today, head over to releaseyourinnerwildchild.com and get all the details there. I hope that you have enjoyed yourself today. I sure have. I'll see you next week.